0: welcome to CQ for Global Leaders. Join cross-cultural leadership expert Dr. Tom Vergus as he offers perspectives and strategies on the issues affecting global leaders in the ever-changing world of global business.
1: Hi, this is Tom Vergus. Welcome to CQ for Global Leaders. I'm joined by Dr. Jürgen Strauss. Hi, Tom. Hey, Jürgen. Welcome. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm well, thanks.
0: Great. And what are we going to talk about today? I thought today we would talk
1: about the dominant culture. Oh, that's a deep topic. That's a deep topic. (laughs) I want to actually just kind of have a quick view on it in this podcast and discuss that uh, a little further because I'm trying to deconstruct it in my own head myself.
0: Mm -hmm. So what do you mean by the dominant culture?
1: So what I mean by the dominant culture is that it's another way of looking at it. It's around majority and minority, mm-hmm. right? So when you're a member of the majority, in most instances, that tends to be the dominant culture. So if you look at gender, for instance, you know, male, or female, like if you're in a work situation where there are much more or many more males, then that becomes the dominant culture. It could be the dominant culture in terms of religion. If we are in a place where all of us or 80% of us belong to one religion, e.g. Let's say we eighty percent of us are Hindus, then mm. we become the dominant culture. Yeah. Uh, so it could be around uh, sexuality, it could be around sport, it could be just around the way we spend time our leisure time. It's like whatever is the is the majority people. What is it that they engage or and or do themselves that becomes the dominant culture
0: mm. Mm. and what are some of the impacts of that or the outcomes of of that dominant culture because there's clearly you know particularly in the workplace or or across cultures I can see that there are a lot of issues and problems that that may raise and I think we're seeing you know events in the world that a kind of manifestations of some of those problems.
1: Yes, so I think that the one of the first things that occurs when you are a member of the dominant culture is that if I'm a member of the dominant culture, I tend not to hear or see the other. Hmm. Right. So I spend, I spend very little attention on what the minority culture wants. So let me give you an example of this. So many years ago, I was working for a Western multinational in terms of developing Asian leaders. And a complaint that was coming up constantly was from head office, which was the fact that we can't find any good Asian leaders. And, of course, I challenged this. That's ridiculous, right? Like, of course, there are lots of Asian leaders. They may not. The issue was that the style of leadership wasn't what they were used to. So when I looked at their model of leadership selection, they had a criteria. They had a grid system that they looked at, and these were the behaviors that demonstrated good leadership. And one of them was about speaking up and challenging Mm. in a meeting, right? That was one of the behaviors. So I asked the question then, well, okay, do you in fact provide any form of training on how to do this? Well, they said, no. I said, well, in Asia Pac, it is extremely difficult for most people to challenge in a meeting, especially somebody who's more senior than mm. them, somebody who's older, because a core value is respect. Yeah. Hierarchy. I mean, you're going to be, you have to be so counter-cultural mm. to go against that. That's
0: right. And and people generally will not behave Counter to their own values.
1: Well, yeah, it mm. becomes extremely difficult. So, an example there then became of so the dominant culture becomes well, this is the way we do it. And if you then want to be a leader, then you have got to do this particular type of behavior, mm. which is what we do in the dominant culture. Rather than, okay, so how could you challenge differently? right? What are the other ways of doing that? Or what are the other ways that you can perhaps disagree in a respectful manner? Yeah. That for me is about being much more inclusive rather than having the dominant culture say, this is the way we do it.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Well, it strikes me that that is a very narrow-minded approach and it kind of almost is like we have the power and we exercise the power and this is the way we exercise the power. Correct. Yeah. And you
1: see this in meetings, mm. extroverts and introverts. know, so you hear mm. extroverts say that in meetings a lot. Well, you know, why don't you just speak up mm. to the introverts? <laughs> <laughs> you know, which is, well, that's the way we play the game. Yeah, yeah. So why don't you speak up rather than framing it differently and saying, well, you know, how do I hear from you you know, I'm interested in hearing from you. Or what's another perspective? Mm. Actually, inviting uh, people. The other key point here, Jurgen, is that when you are as a member of the dominant group, you tend to have privileges, mm. privileges that you just don't see. And sometimes, whenever I bring that up around privilege, most people look at. Me strangely, said, "No, I'm not privileged. I, you know, I worked hard for what I have, etc." So, I have a great story that was rated by my friend uh, Tim McCall, who is uh, who lives in the United States, and he uses this great example. He's a cyclist. He loves uh, cycling. He cycles uh, frequently, uh, and he talks about his. Um, you know, he says there are certain days when he's riding, and he says, gosh, I feel fantastic. I feel strong. My body is strong. Everything is going really well. And he cycles for a distance, and then he turns around and cycles back. And then suddenly he realizes he's actually cycling into, into the wind. Into the wind, yes. And he that's says, wow. That's you feeling. <laughs> that's right. As you would know, being yeah. a cyclist yourself. And he says, well, for me, that's what privilege is privilege was mm. having the wind mm. behind my back I wasn't even conscious of it mm. it was just happening and i just thought that's just normal mm. until i started cycling back yeah. so this is what happens in terms of privilege is that when we have it we don't even realize that we, we just take it for granted when you're part of a dominant group you don't realize it you just take it for granted you know, and gender is a great example of that in the workplace. Uh, so, how do we, as when when you're a member of the dominant group, be conscious? Hmm. You know, how do we listen to the other? How do we be more inclusive?
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, you talked about introverts and extroverts before, and there's a lot of work now being done to better under to kind of tests and things that that. People apply to better understand individual thinking styles and individual styles of behavior and leadership. Yep. And so to adapt those. So I think what you're saying is we need to apply this at a higher level again and look at um, the dominant culture versus, you know, who is not in the dominant culture and how can they make a contribution to the organization that we're in. In a way that everybody benefits.
1: That's right. Mm. That's right. You know, because surely that's part of how we are, how we become more inclusive. Mm. You know, and, and inevitably, what happens is that in our effort to be more inclusive for certain groups, we may inevitably exclude uh, others. Right. So, how do we just be more just be more conscious uh, mm. uh, of that? So
0: you were telling me a story before about um, people that break into that dominant culture from outside of the culture yes. and how some of those people are even more vigorous in the defence of that dominant culture as opposed to helping others um, break down the barriers and, and come in to make their contributions. Tell me yeah, a bit
1: more so, about that. So I, I That's that's lots of research that shows that when a member of the minority becomes a member of the majority, so when they enter the inner sanctum Mm. as such, they will work harder to maintain the rules, to demonstrate loyalty, one. And two, they have embraced it. They've Mm. picked it up uh, so that that's how they operate. Mm. And again, like similar to privilege, they're not even conscious of mm. that's how they have. So they've, they've, they've conformed, right? Yeah. They've changed the way they behave, so it fits with yeah, the majority. Yeah, and that's maybe,
0: that's maybe why. Well, that's maybe part of the reason why they are able to achieve that status that they've achieved.
1: That's right. So yeah. that's how they've become accepted mm. into part of the dominant group, even though they may, may be a member of the minority. They get, they get accepted into the dominant group because they are displaying ways of being behavior, ways of talking, ways of dress that is symbolic of that. And when they enter into that group, then they go, well, no, I I know I'm going to, I'll I'll maintain. And and they do that. I think in most instances, actually, they do that subconsciously. Mm. Uh, So I have seen, uh, you know, uh, many uh, uh, women who work in highly male-dominated organizations or male-dominated industries you know who are very much have a lot of the male tendencies in terms of assertiveness aggression being straight to the point and being a very performance driven you know etc or are people who are non anglos you know suddenly becoming you know a senior leader within the anglo uh, organizations and just becoming more anglo than 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 the anglos themselves you I know mean, you know within uh, we we talk about the uh, coconut you know, which is the brown on the outside, mm. white on the inside, or the banana the syndrome, banana, you know, yeah. Yeah, yellow on the outside, mm. white on the inside. So, how do we just be much more conscious of these things?
0: Mm. So, what, what uh, are the challenges that you'd like to leave the listener here? Because I think that, you know, to me, privilege, that dominant culture that has the privilege, that brings power, but also with that comes a responsibility. Absolutely. And, and maybe to break down some of those barriers that uh, prevent others from coming into that cl- inner club, if you like, because by bringing diverse views, diverse skills, diverse talents in, everybody wins.
1: Correct. And bear in mind that's a bias that we share. There yeah. you will know, be other people who will disagree, disagree with that. Yeah. Right? They'll say, no, it's better to keep it uh, – mm tighter and not mix it so if the objective is to be more inclusive so let's work on that premise if it is to be more inclusive then i think what we need to do is be conscious of you know which groups am i a member of where i am part of the dominant culture you know it could be in terms of gender it could be religion it could be ethnicity it could be culture it could be sport it could be the type mm. of interest that i have It's it, you know where am i because we all have areas that we are a member of the dominant and we are a member of the minority right so places where we are a member of the dominant how do i then be more conscious how do i be more aware how mm. do i be more inclusive to listen to to uh, the voice of the other
0: yeah great takeaways and I'll um, I'll be thinking completely differently about all of my rides that take me straight into a headwind from now on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that you have to credit Tim yeah. for telling me okay. that story. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Tom. Thanks. Yeah, Bye for now.
0: Thanks for joining us on CQ for Global Leaders. To find out more or contact us, go to culturalsynergies.com.